Welcome to Pot to Popular, a podcast where we interview the media, marketers, and moguls who are mainstreaming cannabis. Join along as we learn from the greatest minds in this industry and learn about how cannabis is becoming part of popular culture, health, wellness, and industry. Welcome to today's episode of Pot to Popular. I'm your host, Rosie Matteo. Today, we're joined by Jeffrey Graham, CEO of Pistol Data. Jeffrey's going to join us today and talk to us why cannabis companies need real actionable data and the void they're trying to fill with their platform. Welcome, Jeffrey. Thank you for having me on, Rosie. My pleasure. I'm excited to chat today. So um, first, I always like to ask, can you give me like the, the 90 second, two minute elevator pitch on Pistol Data? Sure. Uh, We're a data company that focuses on the cannabis industry. We help sales teams uh, make their sales process uh, easier by helping them identify prospects, out-of-stock opportunities, understand hyper kind of local competition, uh, and basically try to make the sales rep's job a little bit easier so that they can spend less time planning their day and more time getting out there and, and selling their products. Awesome. And, you know, you entered the cannabis space um, in 2019 after an, an ex- a successful data analytics career in Silicon Valley. So, you know, I'd always like to find out about people's backgrounds. So if our listeners aren't uh, familiar with your story, give me a little, give us an overview of your background and help us understand what inspired you to bring the expertise to the cannabis space. Like, where did you see deficiencies and what made you decide to, to take the leap? Sure. Yeah. My background is in technology and data science. I was uh, 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 head of research at the New York Times. I was director of uh, research at Google and uh, came to California about seven years ago to build out Twitter's analytics capability. So my career was really focused on using data and trying to find uh, applications that are useful for business people to make better decisions. I came into the cannabis industry because I love the industry. I think that the uh, the safe access to cannabis is a social good. I think that the society and politics are slowly embracing uh, this plant that I think can do uh, can do really good things for people and for society. Um, and it's also an industry that's really exciting. It's growing fast. Uh, there are no real rules yet. Uh, and so I really wanted to get involved and see how I could take my experience and my expertise and contribute to the growth of the cannabis industry. Yeah, and talking about expertise, you know, many entrepreneurs who enter um, the industry often find success by finding creative ways to translate their skills um, from previous careers into the new role. So when you think about all your experiences, I know you had obviously tech and I know you did some marketing and I know you're a blues musician as well. So what mm-hmm. skills do you think best prepared you to launch Crystal Data? Well, so after after my career at Twitter and, and, and Google, I, I started working in a company called NorCal Cannabis, uh, based here in Northern California, as head of business intelligence. Uh, and I came in with a pretty open mind, not thinking that you know I had all the answers or that all of the um, tools and, and and approaches that we had in uh, in in technology were going to translate uh, very well. And, and kind of really took a deep dive into the questions that were important for brands to answer and the things they were struggling with because they didn't have data. 
so that was really the uh, the way that I learned about how data could help brands make better decisions in in the cannabis space. I understand what's possible from a data perspective, what techniques there are, what tools there are, and have developed some expertise in designing applications that work for a specific person doing, trying to do a specific job. So it's really the combination of knowing what's possible, knowing how to develop data products and services, and then really learning about the cannabis space and what specific issues cannabis companies have, and then combining those three things to come up with uh, pistol data. I love it. We'll we'll do one more question about, you know, a little bit about the background. So, um, you know, founders that come from mainstream industries like you did, you work at some of, you know, the biggest tech companies there are, they sometimes, you know, face the learning curve, you know, at the outset when it comes to cannabis. So what would you say from your experiences, you know, building out Pistol and from your previous experience, what's the greatest difference between leveraging data analytics and tech versus cannabis, or maybe there isn't? Well, what I found when I was at NorCal Cannabis is despite the huge opportunity that exists in the cannabis space, the fact that there are millions and millions of people using this product and there are, there are markets that are you know fairly large markets across the US, that data actually, the, the data services were very far behind what I think the opportunity was. So I, I think the first difference is compared to other industries, there's not a lot of data services and there's not a lot of tools that make it easy for people to leverage data. If you wanted to do a a Google campaign or do something on Twitter or even learn from Twitter as an everyday person without a lot of data experience, there are plenty of tools for you to leverage that information to make a decision, to do a marketing campaign, to figure out what's hot or what's not. Uh, And what I found in cannabis is that um, those tools weren't really available. And that was the gap between what the opportunity was for the industry, what data should help people do. And then um, the fact that those services weren't quite um, yet developed and on the scene. And, and, and that, that to me really stood out. Yeah. And to that point, as I'm sure this is why this is possible, you know, last November, you guys closed $6.5 million in seed round uh, by Casa Verde, uh, JW Partners, and a number of tech entrepreneurs. So what was your value proposition to these investors, right? A lot of them really have done a lot in tech. And, you know, I'm seeing some of the other, you know, data players in the space. What, like, what do you think really sold them as a value proposition on Pistol specifically? And also, like, on the other side, and you've been around the block a lot, what, qual- what qualities were you looking for in potential investors when you're bringing this type of product to market? Sure. So by the time we raised our seed round, we had a lot of traction. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit about the product a little bit more in detail. If you put your, if you put yourself in the shoes of, let's say you're a, a cannabis sales rep in San Diego, and your job is to do two things. One is to get your product into new stores. And the second is to make sure that you um, have a steady flow of orders from your existing clients. Maybe you're also trying to expand your shelf space. So it's Monday morning or Tuesday morning, and you really have to decide who am I going to call today? Who am I going to visit? And then what should my selling proposition be? How can I tailor my pitch to a particular store? Um, traditionally in the cannabis space, that's actually been a really hard job because the, the landscape, even within a 
place like San Diego, stores open, stores close, brands turn over. There's so many different SKUs. Competition is going on to shelves, leaving the shelves. So what you really had to do is like a lot of either manual work, combing through e-commerce menus to see who's selling what, what type of store this is, what type of product might this store want to stock, or you drive around and you look at the, look at the different shelves and try to figure out what's going on with these stores. Um, and what we did is we created a really simple mobile application that any brand rep can use, whether they are analytical or not, just very simply saying, hey, here are your prospects. Here are your best sales opportunities. Here's where you're out of stock. Here's some potentially good avenues to position your product relative to this store. So we rolled out that product in early in 2021. By the time we raised, started raising the seed round, we already had 40 or 50 brands that were wow. this product. Um, so the, the product itself had tons of traction and we were growing very quickly. And what we needed to do was just, we needed some more resources to grow even quicker. So I think that that was the main thing it, you know, uh, that allowed us to be excited. Yeah, the proof of concept. Yeah. What we looked for in our investors was investors that could help us, uh, particularly with context and, and connections in the cannabis industry. Right. Um, and Casa Verde, you know, is I think one of is, is probably the best investor from a cannabis technology perspective. And it's certainly borne out where um, they're always making introductions for us and giving us a lot they of good information. Us, actually. They did. They did. Exactly. So, um, yeah, we were we were we had business results to show, which was really helpful. And we were looking for folks that could make us even bring us even closer to the cannabis community. That's great. And, you know, considering how you guys analyze billions of retail data points every day, what are the most valuable industry data points leveraged by the platform? Like what are people really looking for and, and how are they using it in the, in the best, like most efficient way? Yeah. The, uh, primarily our, what, what we've done is we've taken these billions of data points in this very complicated analytics and big data uh, platform, technology platform, and then tried to make it extremely simple and extremely literal for the user so that they don't have to do any data analysis. They don't have to explore. We So what we tell them, what seems to be the most useful is today, here are the stores that are most likely will stock your product if you go and you make a call to them. Um, here are your existing stores that are out of one of your products and they sh they're probably more likely, you know, you should call them up uh, and get more product uh, to them. Um, and here are the stores that used to stock your product, but no longer stock your product. So it's really basic, very simple tactical information at the hyper local level, because we track more than 90% of stores, we yeah. can tell them, you know, and we'll, we, we also show them a map like, oh, you're visiting this store. Here's three stores around that don't stock your product. They can very quickly go and look at information about what's happening in that store. So they know whether, oh, maybe I should lead with my concentrate sample, or maybe I have a value proposition relative to price. So I don't have to walk into that sales opportunity cold. 
Yeah, I mean, that's super, super valuable. And also, like, to that point, so, you know, as since you guys are looking at so many stores and have so many, um, are like, the platform is really being used so widely. Um, and as the retail becomes more saturated and competitive and more stores popping up, what do you believe are the most overlooked growth opportunities for dispensaries and brands in both new and established markets? Because you guys are really looking at this from this, like, macro level. I think that if you take the consumer point of view, um, and I think this is also very important for brands and retailers. People are really looking for consistency. Um, you know, people use cannabis to have a certain effect, whether it's to relieve their pain or to help them sleep or to help them relax. Um, and people gravitate towards products that work for them. And I think certainly from a product development perspective, brand perspective, providing consistent quality and value is really important. But what we see on the retail side is there's a huge amount of turnover and out of stocks for products. And so it's hard for a consumer to be able to find the products that they want and make sh- and, and know that it's going to be in that store on a consistent basis. And I think that breaks the chain of loyalty and it breaks the chain of value between the brand and the consumer. So There's a lot of uh, chaos in the supply and demand channels within cannabis for a lot of reasons. We're a new industry. It's very complicated. There's a lot of brands. There's there's quite a few stores. I think that those inefficiencies, though, do end up hurting the relationship between the customer and the cannabis market and the cannabis brands. And, And we do see that a lot in our data. Yeah. And it's funny, like I've heard this reason like for years already. And it's so interesting that like it's so hard um, for brands to and retailers just to keep the products in stock. So people come in and can get that brand affinity and brand loyalty. Like I'm just sort of curious, like how that shakes out and just when it gets to be better consumer experience and like what those fixes are. Yeah. So one of the things that we like to do when we're first introduced to a brand is simply say, do you know that yesterday you're out of stock in 23 stores? Oh God, yeah. And here are the stores and here are the products. From the brand perspective, they're not going to get 23 phone calls from cannabis buyers or store managers saying that they're out of stock. Right. Cannabis store managers have their own issues to worry about. And obviously it's, it, it behooves them to have a consistent uh, set of products in stock, but the brands may not be getting that information. So, um, so providing that at least gives them the power to call up that store manager and, and say, hey, we're, we're, you're out of stock on the product and let's get a reorder. Um, so that's, that helps the brands, but I think ultimately it helps the, the industry. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Like, you know, we know the future of this industry is, you know, brand and brand loyalty and brand affinity, like any other CPG product, but how are you going to get that? The products just aren't there. So right. I'm with you. And so how do you see like the future cannabis retail evolving? Like, we know this is like a problem that probably needs to be fixed, right? And how will your platform support these developments? Well, what we've seen in the last couple of years, it was clear to everybody, you know, as, as cannabis stores were deemed a, an essential business in California and, and other states, uh, that delivery and pickup became very important. So this multi-channel approach is, is really important because consumers are going to cannabis menus and before they go to the store, 
one of the reasons they may not be sure if something's in stock, but they certainly want to know what the prices and things are, are like that. Um, the same data that we're using for brands, we're starting to work with retailers to help them as well, because a lot of retailers compete with other retailers in their area. Certainly consumers are looking across multiple stores. They're trying to find right. the right products at the right price. So the same data that basically t- can tell somebody everything for sale at every price every day and how that's changing over time. We're starting to work with retailers to help them make better decisions as well. Uh, and I think that um, brands and retailers being armed with this real-time data will help improve the experience. Absolutely. And also just, um, you know, the industry currently faces numerous marketing. We talked about some of the operational barriers um, and some of this is due to local and federal, federal regulations. You know, that's part of the problem. So do you think the way the industry collects and utilizes data will change once cannabis is federally legal? And if so, how? Or do you think it's, it's just uh, the platform will remain sort of agnostic to whether or not that happens or not? You know, it's tough to tell. That what, What's really ironic, there's so many really interesting things about cannabis and data. So when the, when the cannabis industry was illegal, nobody wanted to collect any data at all because it was illegal, right? So if you wrote something down, it could be used as evidence against you. So the, the, the overall industry, the legacy industry was very anti-data. Um, then once things became regulated and all of these seed to sale data regulations came into place, now there's a huge amount of data in cannabis, but nobody really knows how to deal with it effectively. And the handshake from one data technology to the other, those handshakes don't really work very well at all. So there's a lack of standardization, um, not only across states, but also just up and down the supply chain, even though you have metric and these other type of state regulated uh, data services, um, it's still very, very, very messy from one, one, one step to the other. So what I hope is with federal legalization, not only will there be more companies that can come in and start to solve these problems, but start to solve them at scale uh, across multiple states and um, help brands that are looking at the problem holistically, you know, make sense of all this craziness. Yeah, and speaking of states, um, why did the Pistol team uh, pick California and Colorado as, as, the, as the initial launch market? And are there other states you're considering expanding into? We're now in seven states and we'll be in 15 by the end of the quarter. We so are we're, strong. Okay, so talk to us about the states you're in. And yeah, why no, you but, but <laughs> yeah, so we started in California because California, first of all, was the market that I knew the best. Um, it's also the largest market and it's the hardest market. So, because there's just so many brands and it's just so, so big. So we decided if we could solve the problem for California, we'd be able to solve it for other States. Um, and, and there was a a big enough serviceable market there. So we started there, my co-founder Taylor Jones, who, uh, runs sales and, and customer success is based in Colorado. He had a lot of relationships there. It's a mature state. So that was the second choice there. And then we, we quickly, you know, starting from the beginning of this year, have added uh, Massachusetts, Michigan, Arizona, uh, Nevada, and Illinois. Uh, and we'll be adding a state every couple of weeks. And we'll be also expanding into Canada in the foreseeable future. That's amazing. That's amazing growth in such a short amount of time. 
And just to wrap up, what excites you most about Pistol and the wider industry over the next year? Well, for the industry, I hope that the industry can stabilize because, as you know, a lot of um, companies are are facing some headwinds right now with wholesale prices. And uh, well, in some states, not enough retailers in other states too many retailers, but yeah. there, there's a lot, there's a lack of stability there. So, and that's inevitable. The, the market will, uh, will start to normalize. And, and I love to see that. Um, what excites us is expanding to more States and expanding to this whole new market of retailers that we're currently in beta around and uh, helping retailers um, make better decisions uh, and make it easier for them to use data. Uh, and hopefully we'll be part of this process of stabilizing and, and um, kind of making the overall industry easier to operate in. I love it. And just as a final question, I see those three guitars back there. What is like your go-to jam when you, when you pick up that guitar? Well, um, I play jazz. Uh, I also play blues. So I would say that when I pick up a guitar, I'm basically playing like just fingerstyle blues in E and just kind of going. I love it. So next time, next time we meet up, I'm I'm expecting a song. Jeremy, thanks so much for joining us today. All right. Thank you very much. Rosie. 